This is the Reluctant Leader Podcast, created because, through no fault of your own, you've become one. I'm your host, Mark Terrell, and I know how it feels when you're getting ground down by people issues, constantly firefighting and wondering how on earth you ended up here. In each episode, I invite a guest to discuss a topic and give you three, sometimes more, top tips that will help you in your leadership role. They are experts in the field and you'll find out why they do what they do and what took them down that path. For more resources to help you on your leadership journey, check out thereluctantleader.academy where you'll find details of how to join the Reluctant Leader success path. So let's see who's in the hot seat this week. Today I'm talking to Kate Turner. Kate is the founding director of Motivational Leadership and a leading expert in motivational maps in the UK. She combines her knowledge of motivation together with the award-winning Liberating Leadership Programme to develop high performance in teams. Kate's ambition is to change the paradigm around motivation in the workplace. She envisions a time where motivation is a natural part of everyday work conversations and enables people to quite simply love their jobs. This means a world where leaders want to be leaders, where teams strive to grow and develop, where employees want to reach their own potential and where teams work collaboratively to inspire one another. I hope you enjoy this chat we had about vulnerability and I'll catch you all on the other side. Kate, welcome to the Reluctant Leader podcast. Thank you. Good to be here. The reason why, well, there's many reasons why you're here, but the main reason was that you posted something on LinkedIn a while ago about the topic that we're going to be talking about being vulnerability. And I think it's such an interesting thing because I, I look back on my sort of leadership career and was I ever vulnerable? Probably not. So it's a really interesting topic, which I'm really looking forward to diving into. Uh, but before we do that, um, the question I always ask my guests is, why do you do what you do? And what was that pivotal moment that took you down this path? And it's a really interesting question to pose because it takes you back, doesn't it? It takes you back to your roots as to why you've started this particular journey, which I think is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, um, I was working um, as a director in an organisation. I thought that, um, you know, I, I'd, I'd done the hard work. I got to this position of director and, you know, that I knew my staff. I'd done my training. I knew my employment law. I knew um, I felt a lot that would take me and hold me in good stead with this uh, leadership team. Little did I know. Little did I know how much I'd been protected in the previous organisation because when I went into the new organisation, I was really exposed to what bad behaviour looks like at both senior level and board level. And it was at that point where I realised that actually what really drives the ability for an organisation to perform, a team to perform, isn't necessarily the skills, it is actually the behaviour. And it was the really bad behaviour that I was seeing um, that I realised that this can't continue. And I brought in some people to help us and help us they did. And I suddenly realised that's what I want to do now. I want to do what they did. I want to help teams transform because that helps individuals transform and it helps organisations transform. So that started my journey as a, a leadership coach and consultant and facilitator. Wow, excellent. And that leads nicely into what we're going to be talking about, uh, the vulnerability topic. Uh, 
And I think before we get stuck into it, I just I, I reflected on my vulnerability, like I mentioned a, a while ago. And, you know, I don't think I ever allowed myself to be vulnerable. I don't think that ever happened in when I, I, I what I did was go back into my shell, which was typical for my sort of personality style. And then what came out was probably anger rather than, you know, addressing what was going on. So I'm sure we're going to expand on all this. So if we, if we're talking about vulnerability, where, where do we start? Where do you normally start when you're you know, introducing the topic to a client? So it's a subject that doesn't tend to come out, you know, it's not something you'll have on a, on a flip chart even or on a, on a, a slide that sort of vulnerability is definition and off we go. Mm. It's something that through the work that I do with teams, it naturally emerges because when you're working with a team or indeed with an individual, but let's stick with teams, when you're working with a team, you'll start to notice what's getting in the way. You'll start to notice how people aren't truly showing up fully as themselves, something's stopping them, something is, is not quite enabling them to be fully present in what they're doing and contribute at their best. And it's that piece that we start to get hold of. And often the entry point is actually around trust first. So we start talking about trust and what trust is within uh, a team. And there's some fabulous work by uh, Patrick Lencioni and the uh, five behaviors of a um, five dysfunctions of a team, as he calls it. Um, but recognizing that trust is so important. And he talks about vulnerability based trust. So that's where the word first comes in vulnerability based trust. And this is about being able to put voice to, put language to, you know what, we don't have all the answers. We might be the leadership team, but we don't have all the answers. Yeah, and, and that's exactly where I was coming from. I think I'd put myself in a position of, well, I should know the answer. And so if I should know the answer, I'm not going to sort of let out or let anybody know that I don't have the answer. So I'll, I'll just sort of clam up really obviously increase the stress on myself and then ultimately that that didn't get a good result i think eventually um which Absolutely. is really interesting isn't it and and when we i think typically in in going well hopefully back in the the, the, the bad old days um you know when it came to leadership it wasn't something that was ever talked about uh, it's only in recent times that i've come across this concept but it just makes so much sense Completely, completely. Yeah. It's like the thing we shall not name, you know, it's the, yeah. the um, to use the cliche, it's the elephant in the room. I mean, people sit around a team, no matter how senior or, or junior they're, they're, they're a team. They have expectations of each other, but they're also having judgments, they think, being placed on themselves. And so in that place, you are naturally vulnerable because you want to show up well, you want to give your best. But if you're thinking there's all these judgments from others coming to you, then actually what you end up doing is you can start putting up your defences, whether consciously or less consciously, you're putting up your defences. Mm. And of course, if you're putting up your defences, it's less easy to connect with other people. And therefore, we don't get the full synergy coming from teams. So, so you're absolutely right. And I think what um, you know, teams just haven't talked about this subject. I think it really is thanks to the work of obviously Brené Brown and her work around vulnerability and shame and the, the, the fabulous viral um, uh, TED talk that she did. But mm -hmm. it's been continued in so, with so many other people and as I say accessible through the work of Lencioni and others. But people are now much, much more willing to talk about vulnerability. However, what I do find, uh, which is absolutely fine, is that 
I, as the external person going into a team, I'm the one who often gives voice to it first. And for me, that's about being able to give permission to the team to say, you know what, it's okay to talk at this level. In fact, it's not just okay to talk at this level, we need to talk at this level. So it's about saying to a team, you're and I guess what I do and, and, and all facilitators um, do is you provide the container for people to be able to express what's truly happening for them within that team, knowing that that information doesn't need to go outside of that room, mm-hmm. that this team has got your back and that there is trust emerging. And it is here where you can be vulnerable. It is here where your truth can emerge. Right. Uh, and and, and the, the natural question would be, um, you've, you've summed up a few of the reasons why, but what, what it, are there any other reasons why that stops us being vulnerable? Or is there any certain things that sort of trigger um, or stop us from actually um, you know, saying the truth, basically, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think there's lots of things. Where mm-hmm. to start? Um, I think that uh, there's certainly, you know, if, if there's not um, the necessary level of trust in a team, then vulnerability doesn't come. And there's, there is a bit of a chicken and egg situation with this, which one comes first. It, you would think that you need trust in order to have vulnerability, but there are some studies to suggest that actually if there's a big moment of vulnerability, that builds trust quicker. But either way around, it's the layering in of those two that's important. So, you know, if there has been a moment of vulnerability and trust gets taken away soon after that, then actually that can stop greater vulnerability. So it's, sort of, it's like you've got the layer of the land. We don't do vulnerability here. So that's that's an important one. So how is the first moment of vulnerability dealt with is, is the first um, mm. entry point or blocker to, to further vulnerability. Mm. I think also what we see is you know, how much self-awareness is there in the team around actually what's going on for them. And if people don't have the self-awareness to know that, then of course they can't share the vulnerability because like you described earlier, what you did um, in, for whatever reason, whether it was conscious or less conscious, it, you know, the, the anger would rise. You know, mm. it's that piece that you got put in a corner. The anger would rise. And that's a really natural response mm. because actually we go into that um, flight or fight or freeze place when we're feeling this very base feeling. That's a natural place to go to. So having self-awareness about what's poking at us and what's bringing up these feelings so that we can give voice to them appropriately rather than live out those feelings is really important. Um, and you can't always do that in the same moment, of course, because the adrenaline is flowing. So having self-awareness probably outside of the moment is, is key and the work that you do on yourself outside is key. Um, there's another moment that I want, or another point that I'd like to, to bring in here, and that's around collusion. So I see collusion a lot within teams. And what I mean by that is when somebody covers up their vulnerability, when they go to the brink of almost being vulnerable, and then for whatever reason, they bring themselves back from that point. If the other people in that team saw that moment, that glimmer of vulnerability, it triggered in them a sense of, oh, I don't want to go there. And Mm. they collude with you by moving the agenda on or brushing over your emotions or, um, you know, showering you with sympathy, which is the destructor of vulnerability. We don't want sympathy at that point because that's judgment. If at that moment they collude with you to say vulnerability isn't what we do here, 
then you're not going to go forward. So there's something about being able to open the space for people to be vulnerable and to offer empathy in order for that vulnerability to come out and be appropriately handled without judgment within that team. Yeah, I, I, just before you said it, I've written down give, give space, and it's giving that it is just giving that little bit of space to allow that that next step, that almost like what might feel like that step over the prepices, pre if I can say it, of, yeah. of the cliff edge into Completely. oh my god. Well, that's the what point because vulnerability. Let's think about what vulnerability is. Vulnerability is a feeling. Yeah. It's an unpleasant feeling. It's one that is about uncertainty. It's one that is about an emotional exposure. It's about risk. You know, and by its very definition, then it's not comfortable. So it's outside your comfort zone. It is, you know, some people see their comfort zone that anything beyond it is a precipice. It is that that cliff that you fall off. Mm. Actually, you know, there is um, an edge before that space. There is a comfort zone and, and something before you get to the, the actual um, falling off stage. And that space, that point at which you go from your comfort zone to a place of discomfort that makes you think, oh, I don't want to go there. But actually, maybe deep within you, you know, maybe I need to go there. Maybe this is what hold, is holding me back. At that point, it's when somebody else metaphorically holds your hand into that place of stretch and holds you safely looking at what you perceive to be the precipice before you and says, you're not going to fall. We've got you. Just look, just see, just imagine what could happen by you sharing what you need to share at this point. At that point, you grow. Because the alternative is you go back within your comfort zone and you stay there and you stay small and you say, stay just safe or safe as yeah, you perceive it. But actually, all that happens is that your comfort zone ultimately becomes smaller and smaller. Yeah. And I, I'm just guessing the, it's, we're talking about support here, aren't we? We're talking about yeah. uh, being able to feel that there is support for us and that, that we're not going into a situation where we're just going to be left to, you know, um, just to, just to, well, I don't know who, where, where that will end up. I don't know. But we obviously we, we are dependent on the rest of that team um, to to support us. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. So um, you'll know, because um, I know I've seen who else you've, you've had on the podcast and mm. uh, we're very, very, both very good friends of, of Ali Stewart and her work around liberating leadership. And one of the, the key principles, the key mindset actually within um, the liberating leadership model is high challenge, high support. And it's really funny how, I don't know if you experience this, you go into organisations and, and they'll say, oh yeah, we've got challenge, we've, we've got challenge sorted and, and we've got support sorted, you know, and they sort of think that they've reached some sort of magical level of all knowingness around challenge and support and don't necessarily realise it just keeps going and keeps growing. And um, exactly what you're saying, in order to give the support that's needed to encourage vulnerability, you're also giving the challenge. You're also saying that in order for that person to grow into their future self, the bigger stepping up, and also for the team to succeed, you need to offer the challenge of come on, let's go, but also the support of you've got this, you can do this, I've seen you do this before. So it's both at the same time as challenge and support. Yeah, in equal measure, that's exactly right. And, and it, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's something that I bang on about more and more, actually, because it's so important that we need to have the challenge to grow, but we also need to feel that we have the support. Um, Completely. Yeah. Um, okay, so I think the next question that uh, springs to mind is, so how does this work on a female-male 
um, basically. <laughs> yes, Completely. You, knew was, you knew that was coming, didn't you? Yeah, it's a really good question because I my experience is in working with teams where normally you've got both genders in a room um, is that it is quite different um, and the collusion around it is experienced differently. So, um, and this is a bit of a sweeping generalisation, but it will make the point because, of course, you've got it's a spectrum, isn't it, of actually how how people experience it, and it depends a lot on their their background, their values, their behaviours, the, the work they've done on themselves, self awareness, etc. But allow me to make stereotypical uh, differences to, to make the point. So, what we tend to see um, within males, in my experience of it, is well, they just don't go there. Um, so, we tend to see instead more of the ego coming up, uh, more of the I'm okay, I'm strong, I'll just push through, I can do this, I've got this, I've got the solution. And so, you know. Ultimately, and, and Brenny Brown says this in her work, is ultimately what they're not wanting to show is weakness. And you, and you can see that around all of the work that's been done in, in recent times around mental health and particularly with regard to um, men around this, you know, man up, you know, you can't be seen to be weak. And there's some truth in there about vulnerability too. And so they just don't have yet the role models to be able to recognize that vulnerability is strength, that vulnerability is courage, it is bravery rather than weakness. And that's what we need to change. And I'm sure we'll come on to how, how we encourage vulnerability later. Mm-hmm. But for, for, for certainly for them, for males to be thinking about where they see vulnerability in others and actually do they see that as weakness when they see it done because they probably don't. It's very unusual for people to actually see and witness others in a vulnerable place as a place of weakness. They actually will probably regard it as a place of strength if they're honest to themselves. Mm. So that's the, the, the male masculine side um, of things. Uh, actually, that's the male side of things, to be correct. The um, With women, um, you know, there's a real sense of, you know, don't let people see that I'm struggling. Uh, you know, I've got to do it all. You know, if you think about it up until very recently, and thank goodness it's changing, there's a sense that you know, women have got to you know, push themselves through to be able to juggle you know, the household, the kids, the, the work, the, the everything. And they need to do it and still have this sort of um, idea of, of femininity around it thank goodness this is changing it really is changing I mean it, it almost feels outdated saying it today because it's changing so so rapidly mm. but there is definitely a hangover of that sense of I can't show that I'm struggling that is is here and it's that echo that we we see in um, in teams that people think that they need to know that they can do it all etc and um, and so actually it's about letting them sit in a place to show that you know what I am struggling I can't do this all I don't know how to balance all of these things and still have a life um you know my marriage is 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 difficult is in a difficult place because of this or my relationship my kids isn't where I want it to be because of this or I'm not treating my colleagues as well as I would like to because of this and actually um being vulnerable in that now the advantage I think is that females by millennia of um, evolution have got more words available to them um, and they tend to use them to be able to express emotions. So outside of 
the team, they are likely to seek counsel and to talk through things with their friends. And so we'll show vulnerability there. So I think there's a behavior to be able to do it. They need to just bring it back into the workplace more. And actually just going back to, to, to guys as well, guys do it, but they do it again, with their, their mates, where obviously there's, there's higher trust, they'll do it in those moments uh, with their mates. It's about bringing that back into the workplace and role modelling it for others. So it's a very different experience of what vulnerability is for males and females, but at its core, it's about recognising that vulnerability isn't weakness, and it's about fully showing up as who we are and appropriately, so in the right audience, being able to share that. It's not sharing it with absolutely everybody because it's not appropriate always to show your vulnerability. You know, if you're in the beginning of a, um, a town hall meeting at work, sharing the strategy for the organisation, you know, there are parts of your vulnerability that aren't appropriate to share at that moment. But there are parts of that same conversation you're having in your head that are definitely worth sharing with the leadership team or with your, your team that you're part of. So it's about choosing your audience as to where you're vulnerable as well. So it's very, very much from what you said, it's very much linked to ego and, and the, the ability to, to let go of that ego, leave it Completely. at the door. Sort of thing, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's a, a phrase I use all the time, which is that, which is leaving your ego at the door. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is that whilst you're allowing your ego to be in the driving seat, whilst that ego is saying to you that you know you need to look a certain way or you need to come across in a certain way that is all about you it's about you that's the point it's about you and your um, supremacy if you like in terms of you being able to be better be be good whatever that that definition is for yourself mm-hmm. um, that is competitive it's uh, it's certainly um, at least in comparison to others, so there's something better than others. Um, and that's just not helpful because what we need when we're looking at a team working is for them to be able to not allow it to be about ourselves, oneself, but to, to be about we. That is obviously what teams are about, is that how can we succeed? And if there's any voice in that room about how can I succeed, it will destroy the team and it will mean that the synergy doesn't rise through. So it's about making sure that in that team, clearly you need to have a, a, a shared remit as to what the goal is, the objectives, the outcomes that you're looking for. And you need to make sure that you're fully signed up to that. But you need to be fully signed up, not only in terms of what the outcome is, but your role that you play within that. And if that means that you need to take decisions that places um, you in a difficult position with your own team outside of that particular group or the work that you need to do, then so be it. Because it is about doing what is needed to be done, how to enable the team and the organisation to succeed. It's not all about you. It's not all about you. And if you leave your ego at the door, you can hear that. You can hear people um, standing in that place of interdependency and working with others rather than holding on to their ego and working from an independent place of how can I succeed that really destroys the, the synergy in the team. Mm. I, I've just written down another uh, word and that's control. And I, and I guess when you are feeling that you are, you know, at a point where you you probably need to be vulnerable, whether you're actually going to do that or not is, is another thing. But I suppose the, one of the things that you're thinking about is, you know, 
am I going to lose control firstly yeah. of, of, of myself and where's that going to lead me, but also yeah. lose control of my position. And you know, what's that going to mean for me? Where, how, how's that going to change people's yeah. perception of me? And that Absolutely. must be a bigger, you know, that must be a big thing when people are, you know, oh, massively, massively. Yeah. So yeah. exactly that because, um, well, control is, is huge. Um, yeah. and because you know, with control and power, you know, we have this presumption that, I mean, to take your second point, that in order to succeed, you know, some people feel like they have had to elbow their way, way to the top, you know, or elbow their way into that project. And, um, you know, that that is very much about power and control. And so if I say, I don't know how this is going to work out or um, I've made a mistake, suddenly we're going to feel that we're sliding down again and that, you know, we've got that hard slog to get back to this place. It feels like it's, you know, there's a, a lose, a loss that comes out of, um, you know, being, showing your vulnerability. Um, but the opposite is true. The opposite is true. If you show your vulnerability and say, you know what, I've made a mistake, you know, we, we've done this, that's not working. We need to find another way with it. What you actually do is you're reaching out to your colleagues to say, are you with me to be able to uh, help what needs to be done in order for us to succeed? It's admitting it. And, you know, what we want in teams is people to be saying the truth and have integrity around that of you know, where projects actually are. You know, we don't want last minute input to say that oh well you know we're not going to make the, the, the deadline after all and we've only got two weeks to reach it we need that early days and so we respect people much more when early on they say things have gone wrong and that means that yes you might feel like you're losing control because you're going to have to ask other people to help you but that's the point you're part of a team you're going to need other people to help you because you know, really big things aren't done just through your own efforts they come from the combined effort um, of other people as well. Right, this is this is fascinating. But I think I think um, we've talked an awful lot about you know what we you know what causes it and all those sort of things. So I think in the last sort of five ten minutes we've got left or so we've got left. I think it's important to talk about how we can encourage more vulnerability and obviously talk about also what comes out of that what actually you know what 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 comes from uh, having a healthy um uh, um thing around encourage encourage that vulnerability to come out in your team and what what that leads to so yeah. what 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 would you do How, what's your your go-to sort of um, strategies to bring out this and encourage the uh, vulnerability within a team yeah i think when you're working with a team the, the place to start is always from looking at trust. I mean, as I say, I've mentioned Patrick Lencioni before. I'm a complete fan of, of his work. And he talks about trust being the basis of uh, team synergy and, and, and team cohesion mm -hmm. and then being able to reach their results. We, we know that, that piece and I'm sure listeners know that model as well. Um, so often that's the place that we start is looking at trust. And so great ways to be able to look at trust and vulnerability. And as I said earlier, it's a layering in of these two areas is, um, you know, things that you I know do, we do um, around using things like motivational maps and insights discovery to give voice and language to who we are and what's important to us. 
So at a very basic level, that starts people in to let them into who you are and understand the similarities and differences between people. So having that lexicon is important. So through some sort of self-awareness tool, like those two I mentioned, or indeed others. Um, so that's a place you often start. Um, then it's about, um, as I say, giving permission to the team to talk about vulnerability at the appropriate time. So, you know, a typical way in is, you know, what stops this team from succeeding? And through the answers that you get from that, you're going to start seeing some patterns of where um, things like judgment or where people are stopping themselves. And you can start poking around in there. And as I say, I think that it is a a valuable and privileged place that we have as external people to these teams to be able to name those aspects. It's not always easy when you're in the team to be able to do that, but by having an external person do that, it starts the ball rolling. In time, that role of naming what's going on actually has to fall to being within the team, otherwise you haven't got vulnerability there. But to start with, it certainly is helpful to have it come from outside, so that, that can be really useful. Um, and I think it's, it's also important that when you see vulnerability, when you see somebody start saying something that is you know, them at the precipice and they need their hand-holding, is that you encourage. Um, and that can be either you as a facilitator encouraging, noticing that they're doing it and to encourage them, um, or to ask the team every so often within that meeting to just give credit to moments of vulnerability that they've seen within that meeting, to notice it and to uh, basically catch people doing it right, to say, say yeah, I noticed, Helen, that in this meeting, what you did was, um, and not just that, but say, in doing that, that made me feel, or I felt this, it meant the, the meeting moved on. So what's the consequence of the vulnerability that they showed? Hmm. I, also, I also think it's important to recognise that not all of this stuff needs to be done um, on complete public display amongst all of your team. If you've got, you know, some teams these days are really quite big. Um, you know, the, the, the ideal you know, size would be sort of eight, eight, ten people. But I regularly work in teams that are slightly bigger than that, and that's an awful lot of people to share your vulnerability with. If you're if you're a newbie to it, mm -hmm. so it's something about you know finding people within that audience that you can start. Um, having those conversations with who can have your back then in the meeting so that they're already your cheerleaders when you do speak up. So do some work outside of the room to clear the way um, for what you, you may need to go into when you're, you're back in that room. Yeah, yeah. Really uh, and I've, I've, I'm always taking notes down when I'm because one of the things I, I do and uh, enjoy about these doing these podcasts is that I'm learning at the same time as I'm sort of uh, inter interviewing <laughs> my guests, which is great. So I'm, I'm I wrote down two note um, two words then notice. So in other words, that's about noticing others changing behaviours. I suppose if you yeah. encourage that and say, well, look, if you, if you notice something, just have a word and just open up a discussion on a one to one basis and and allow if there is something going on. Um, you know, to, um, you know, to, to reach out your hand and help, help. Yeah. I guess that's important. Completely. Yeah. Completely. And the other word is values. So I think it's almost like encouraging vulnerability to be part of your values within the team and the organization. Is that something? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it, that's really vital because, mm -hmm. um, 
<laughs> how often have you I others been into organizations where they've got values but they don't actually live and breathe them mm. um and yeah it's it's so important to yes you've got organizational values and make sure you do live and breathe them but bring them alive within the team what does that mean for this team um how do we actually demonstrate that? So let me take an example of an organisation that I'm working with at the moment. And they're actually thinking about um, um, their culture. And so it, it, it links to values and because the values get expressed in culture. And they're talking about making sure that they uh, reduce the extent to which they're being hierarchical. They're recognising that too many decisions get made but keep getting pushed upwards, basically, within the organisation and that's stopping uh, the, the organisation functioning as well as it could do. And that hierarchy piece, the, the, the reason why that's happening and keeps happening within that organisation is because the um, senior people don't want to let go. They don't want to um, you know, um, be vulnerable in presuming that other people within the organisation can do and get on with their, their role as well as, you know, or better than they can. So it keeps reinforcing that, that hierarchy, yeah. which it, I see it all the time. It's, I find it extraordinary, but um, it is very, very common. And so what we've done is rather than um, just saying you need to let go, you know, this is you've got this idea about hierarchy, just need to let go. Actually, what we're doing is we're linking it back to their motivators, so using motivational maps. Um, so, and that really strongly links back to values. Mm. Um, what stops them from letting go, and what do they think is going to happen when they let go? You know, and if they've got a high director motivator, which is about uh, control, liking to be in charge, making decisions, then they're going to have a very different relationship with that word hierarchy than somebody that, for example, has um, a high motivation around spirit, which is about freedom, autonomy, um, you know, mm -hmm. just being able to, to do things independently, or indeed friend, somebody who wants connection and belonging. Our experience of these um, values that the organisation have or the wants they have in terms of culture, we all experience very differently ourselves and it links back and maps is a fabulous way to understand where you're going to find it easy and where you're going to find it difficult to embrace those values and what you need to do as an individual to, to uh, be vulnerable actually to try something different because that's what's going to be the key to the success of that team or that organisation. Yeah, yeah. And, and recently I saw something about values and actually it was all about behaviours as opposed to anything else. And, and, and I suppose that's what we, what's what we need to encourage is yeah. linking our values to, to the behaviours that we want to see more of. And okay. we're talking about a behaviour here in vulnerability. So, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, Kate, I'm, I'm sorry to say that time is running out and it's got to that point where we need to wrap things up. And um, as I pre-warned you, um, we're, I'm looking for sort of three top tips to leave the listeners with, and um, hopefully you're gonna, you've got them sorted out. I'm sure you have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, I've sort of mentioned them uh, partly as we've been going through, but to summarise yeah. them. I think that you said the word notice just now, and it is about noticing when people are being vulnerable and to catch people doing it right. We know that when people uh, carry out a behaviour, a new behaviour that you know, was perhaps alien to them before, and they do it, they need feedback in the moment about, yeah, that's that thing, that's that vulnerability bit, that's what we need to be seeing. 
because otherwise they'll try out this behavior of vulnerability. Nobody will say anything. They'll feel uncomfortable. Think, well, what was that for? Mm. Whereas what we need is to be people who caught doing it right so that people are able in the moment to know, okay, I demonstrated vulnerability and this is the difference it made. That encourages me to do it more. So that's my first tip is to make sure that you, you catch people doing it right. Um, the second one is the leaving the ego at the door. Uh, absolutely practice what you preach. Really think about for yourself, be the role model around vulnerability, leave your ego at the door so that you can go into your team and be there. Be absolutely present for your foibles and the things that get in the way of you fully showing up. And um, where it's relevant, and that's really important, where it's relevant, be sharing with that team, you know what, I don't know. Uh, I don't have the answers to this, or this is something that really puzzles me, and I'd really like some time to kick this about with the team. So I think really leaving your ego at the door so you can get into those honest conversations would be the, the role model. Mm. And the third one is just recognizing that this builds up over time and the layering in that I mentioned earlier. So do you know, get to know your, your team members better, layer in on top of that trust moments of small bits of vulnerability, you know, um, asking questions around you know, people's upbringing, that's vulnerability, you know, just layer in some areas of vulnerability and layer in some trust that you keep in confidence, whatever it might be, layer in more vulnerability. So keep that practice of layering in those two pieces, because then when you really do need to bring out the big guns around either of those aspects, you'll have got the habit already. Fabulous. Um, all I can say is just thank you for highlighting such an important topic that um, is linked to so many things. And we've talked about mental health on this podcast several times. And if you can find ways of actually allowing people not to bottle things up, which I, I believe is a, a key thing to, uh, you know, to, to what leads on to uh, poor mental health, all the better so i think yeah. uh, it's, it's been fabulous Absolutely. so uh, thank you so much for your time today kate i know you're very busy i hope to catch up with you very soon absolutely thank you mark my absolute pleasure thank you thank you for listening don't forget to check out the reluctant leader.academy and if you get a chance please leave a review on whichever platform you have been listening and also share the love by sharing the episode with someone who would benefit leadership is a choice if you have the right mindset know the process to follow and the key skills to use at each point in the process you have everything you need to leave a lasting legacy don't forget to put into action anything that has struck a chord in this episode and until next time be the best you can be